Hi, I'm Talissa. And I'm Rachel, and this is Transatlantic Crime, a true crime podcast that covers stories from each side of the pond. Every week, we will both cover a separate story with a running theme. Disclaimer, this podcast will contain swearing and details that some people may find offensive. If you are of a sensitive disposition, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Transatlantic Crime. Anyway, how's your week been? How has my week been? Still recovering from Disney. <laughs> you got the old, what they call it, the Disney ankle. Yeah. <laughs> I've got a Disney back, just crippled. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I've, I've had an all right week. You were at home? You were in yes. Andover? Uh, do you know what? Like today, I was with my mum and she goes, what did you have for dinner last night? And I was just like... I don't know. <laughs> and Tom was like, I looked at Tom like to help me. And he was yeah. like, come on, you know this. It was, like, it was like a one, it was in one bowl. I was like, ah. And it just was, it just wasn't coming to me. And then I just went, a kebab. Like, I just got it. <laughs> like, like, yes. like you were remembering something that happened in 1992. Like, come he was on, what, to his what were you wearing? What? You had a red dress on. That's so fucked. Well, I maybe I'll tell you because I've been having that too, and a couple other people have been having that too. I think it's an effect from having COVID. Yeah, like having like foggy brain. brain. It's really depressing, but I think that you can for anyone who has that or think that they have that, you can train your brain to get back into it. So you just have to do like. Um, Sudoku's and stuff. Yeah, trivia games. Get on that Wordle that everyone's talking about. Oh, I fucking love Wordle. <laughs> like Carly was like, I play this game called Wordle, and I was like, fucking geek. And then I was like, <laughs> then I like Googled it quietly, like, what's Wordle today? Yeah, <laughs> I only got into it this week because my friend needed help. She had one option left. And she was like, what is it? Uh, Apparently, her mom was like, this is a word that you use all the time. You've definitely used it and couldn't figure it out. That was my introduction to Wordle. I've been avoiding it up until now. And now I I feel like I'm going to start doing it every day and become one of those geeks. Also, if you're English, you can do it twice in a day because it changes overnight. Oh, yeah. So in the morning, there'll be a different one to in the evening. It's really good. And there's also Uh, Wordle. Where you Is have there? to, yeah, there's a picture of a country and uh, <gasps> like an outline of a country and you have to oh guess God, what country s- it is. Oh, shit at that. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would be like, worse than a kebab. Unless it's <laughs> unless it's England, Australia, America, may, maybe Canada, but I'd probably get it mixed up with something else. Ireland. Ru- Russia and China. Yeah. Ireland's pretty recognisable. But yeah. it's all the European ones that are grouped together. If you take them apart, yeah. it's fucked. It's like yeah. a hundred piece puzzle. Well, yeah, I think the other <laughs> one, the one the other day was like Estonia or something. And nope, yeah. never going to happen. How how would you know? I mean, sorry to, the, I, I actually have a friend from Estonia. I'm sorry to her if she's listening, but I wouldn't wait. be able to recognize it on just that <laughs> country on a map. 
what makes me laugh is English and American people have such a reputation for being like ignorant fucking yeah. pigs Sorry. as well. <laughs> we are just examples of that right now. We'll try I and do better. I revolved around England. <laughs> <laughs> I thought England was the capital of the world. Yeah. That's basically I mean, what we're all like. So much going yeah. on in the world right now. Just want to acknowledge that. Oh, yeah. Everyone's doing say, okay. Fucking hell. Could Putin just... I mean, you take your eyes off him for one second. Yeah. I just wanted to uh, acknowledge I mean, it. I donated 10 quid to the Red Cross because I was like, there's nothing else I can do. Yeah. Apart from condemn it and give you some money and there, say I'm sorry. Yeah. Definitely, like, look at... I was going to repost because I gave some money to animals who are displaced or like people who are bringing in animals their pets so helping with that like pet food and stuff like that i'll repost that uh on my instagram and then there's also a couple of women's groups for helping women who are coming from ukraine into (gasps) european countries so we'll share those on our instagram and social media yeah this is so shit and not cool and scary um, it is a bit scary. Like, I don't think I... My brain isn't, like, letting me think about it too much. Yeah. Because... Because so much has happened fucking, in the past two years. And I don't fucking years. know what's going on behind the scenes. Like, yeah. It obviously is... It's obviously top secret for a reason. Obviously, there's loads of sanctions on mm-hmm. Russia. Yeah. Um. So, like, my brother was telling me that the price of gold has, like, dropped. Really? Like, to barely anything. Because... Putin has all of his money in gold. Stash, yeah. Yeah, so like people were like, fuck it, sell your gold or get the price of gold to go down somehow. Right. So that like you financially hurt him. Mm. Uh, so that's like one way people are doing it. And then obviously Anonymous have taken over loads of Russian websites. Yeah. I just heard on the radio that they are banning Russian channels in Europe. Oh, wow. So they can't spread any propaganda. Yeah. Obviously, they've cleared the airspace above Russia, mm-hmm. so nobody's allowed to fly uh, above Russia or near it. Um, Scary for Russians down... too, though, who don't want yeah, but to don't be want in this. this war, right? Yeah, and and they're getting like arrested and thrown into fucking some sort of communist Russian prison where yeah. Christ knows what. Right. And they've also like downed all the commercial. Um, sorry, not commercial. What's the opposite of commercial? Like private jets. Oh right. Any yeah. private Russian jets are also grounded. So, wow. like, Russian olig- oligarchs, like, can't go anywhere. Yeah. So, obviously, like, none of this is ideal, but I feel like there's so much shit you can do to hurt a country, like, who's bullying them, bullying another country. Yeah. Like, financially. And I don't, I can't see, I can't think of a person in the world that would say, like, this is okay, or, yeah, I get it. As everyone in the world is just like, what the fuck are you doing? I know. It's really sad, but it's also like America have been doing this to places like Afghanistan and Iraq. And England. We've been doing it for thousands of years. Yeah. Like just (laughs) invading countries going, this is mine now. It's just men who want power and need to prove themselves in this way. I was speaking to um, my boyfriend, Tom, and he was saying... Putin's excuse for the war is Mm -hmm. to say Ukrainians want to be part of Russia because we have like better everything. So they want to be under our rule. That's why you're bombing them. Yeah, no, we don't. No one said that. So (laughs) 
That's who believes like, Putin at this point? I don't know. Also, who wants to go anywhere fucking near <laughs> him? Because he will poison your ass as soon as look at you. Fuck that. I don't get he poisoned, it. He poisoned, like, people in Salisbury. Fucking, that's like an hour <laughs> from my house. He poisoned people there. He does what he wants. Yeah. He's a dictator. <laughs> he is a dictator. All right. Well, speaking of horrible people, should we get into our episode this week and talk about yeah. women who are horrible? <laughs> Which we don't really often do. <laughs> no. Although yeah. I feel like I've had a string of like talking about um, horrible women. Although I'm thinking of my Australian episode and that wasn't even, it wasn't her that did it. But if you haven't listened, go listen and make up your own mind. Um, yeah. Also, I'll give you a little heartwarming story before we crack on. Um, okay. This week, basically, mine and Tom's dogs can't be trusted to be left yeah. together. They have to be supervised quite highly at all times if they're not in the same room you're like where the fuck is where the fuck are they right like what are they doing each other right now yeah exactly like they cannot be trusted which poses a bit of a problem for our relationship but i'm sure we'll work it through (laughs) with like a baby gate or something i'm glad that you have a a good view of it because i have a friend who moved in with her partner and she has a cat and her partner has two dogs. It is not going well and it's causing oh, a no. lot of stress <laughs> in their relationship. Thing is, you have to be patient. They yeah. will. My friend Ada had uh two cats and they fucking hated each other. Like <laughs> one of them one of them would like hiss through the door if one if the other one like vaguely came near. It's like <laughs> I don't know if you're there, but if you are, shh. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you better not be. Yeah, if you are, fuck off. Like, yeah. that's basically how those cats felt about each other. Now Arlo and Luna will be in the same room, but they'll, like, like Arlo will take a wide berth. Like, if he wants to, like, go to a certain point and Luna's in the middle of it, he'll, like, go round her. Like... <laughs> so who's the but, more, like, like, dominant one? Luna, by a thousand yeah. miles. But it's because Arlo is very aware of his own mortality, like... He doesn't go into deep water. He doesn't oh, like lean over a cliff. He's I've scared of the Hoover. He stared death in the eyes and, <laughs> and ran off. <laughs> and for him, like Luna is death. Like she's attacked him a couple of times. Like she was oh. probably just playing, but or like pinning him down. Like you yeah. know how dogs do that. Yeah. Because she's like an old lady dog and he's like a young boy dog. <laughs> so yeah, basically they can't be trusted together, and he now fears her. So anyway, the point was, I can't take him to Tom's house. Yeah. Like, I can, but it's just not very fun because we can't go anywhere or do anything unless someone knows where both the dogs are. So right. it's like, <laughs> it's just like living with two bombs in your house. So like, <laughs> I left Arlo with my mum. Yeah. And she loves him. So she was happy. They were going to go and see my stepdad's mum, who is the 94 year old grandma that I talk about. Yes. Who like says like, you don't want to be tied down to some cunt. When I say like, (laughs) I'm 30 and single. She's like, who fucking cares? Like she's from the East of London. Like she's amazing. Love it. And um, they took him up to see her. And she like loved him and didn't want to let him go. And like Aww. she was going, she was going. Can I give him cheese? Can I give? Him my... And she was like, What else can I give him? And my mum was like, Well, he likes bacon. She was like, I'll cook him some bacon. And my mum was like, No, <laughs> stop cooking for my dog. <laughs> yes. And there's a picture of her with him, like in her like walker, 
she's got like a shopping basket in the front of her like oh. old lady walker and like he's in it like just having the time of his life being walked down Basildon High Street so I'll put that on our amazing um, Instagram because I think everybody needs cheering up and that picture yes. is just perfection share it get it out there yeah um, okay so the murders right the murder <laughs> death right the murders horrible uh, okay so this happened Wait, what's our theme? So recently. Oh, fuck. Yeah, the theme. Oh, the wife did it is the, the theme. The wife did it. Because we, yes. we've had the husband did it before. Yeah. So we thought equality, the wife did of it. Of course. Only fair. Women's equality. Yeah. Women murder their husbands. Husbands murder their wives. But also I heard a fact that was like, if you murder your wife as opposed to a stranger, you get 12 years as compared to like 20 years. Really? You get so much less if you murder your wife. What? How does that make sense? I heard that on True Crime Profile. Wow. From my girl. Great podcast. Uh, It's Jim Clemente, Laura Richards. Laura. And then, oh, and Lisa Zambetti. Yeah. I get the feeling that Laura Richards doesn't really like Lisa Zambetti. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Hot take. It is a hot take. Like, if you listen to it loads, obviously Jim Clemente is a former FBI profiler, mm-hmm. so yeah. he knows what the fuck he's going on about. Yeah. And um, Laura Richards is formerly of New Scotland Yard, and she started the National Stalking Advocacy Service, and right. she's worked for the police, and she's worked for the FBI in Quantico. Yeah. And then there's Lisa Zambetti, who is like a casting director for a crime program. This is, I think about this all the time. It, Do this you? is like... Yeah, because it's like me going to work with Paul Holes and like a social worker and having a podcast. Like I work in TV. That doesn't make me any kind of expert uh, expert or like have any like real experience in We do not no count ourselves as experts in no way, shape or form. Criminal Minds is she works on Criminal Minds, right? That's not even true crime. That's a fictional show. It's like watching CSI. Oh my god, I thought that... So she she literally picks actors that yeah. play fake criminals. Yes. In fact, I have Dude. a friend who was on that show who played a criminal on that show. <laughs> he was cast by Lisa Zambay. <laughs> I'm sure he was. I should ask him. Yeah. It's just a bit of a clangor, isn't it? In yeah, the, no, in not re- to like shit on Lisa. No, no way. <laughs> but it's definitely not the same league. It's like when, um, if you ever listen to the Ricky Gervais podcast, he goes, uh, "Yeah, hello, I'm Ricky Gervais, and um, I'm a graduate of the University of London or something or other." <laughs> and then he goes, "And here's Stephen Merchant, um, award-winning writer and director, and University of the sorry, graduate of the University of Warwick, and his." Carl Pilkington, cut. <laughs> no, nothing. Then, like, no accolades. Ones. No <laughs> education. In other ones, he goes, um, no education to speak of, and um, a head like a fucking orange. <laughs> <laughs> and I that's what that. I feel like. If I was Lisa Zambetti, not that she, not that she has a head like a fucking orange, or that she uh has no qualifications but like next to those two she may as well have (laughs) 
I've never seen her. I'm sure she's a very attractive woman. I'm sorry, that just took me out, and I feel really bad for Lisa right now. <laughs> I'm not bragging on her. Like she is, she is successful but, in her own right, yeah. but it's just not the same as Jim Clementi and Laura, Laura Richards. But yeah, and that's how you kind of started this: is you think that Laura maybe doesn't take her that seriously? Yeah, sometimes. Like okay. I get because she. She will sometimes, if you notice, like talk over her or yeah. like interrupt her or yeah. like go, yeah. Well, anyway, I don't know if it's just her curt Britishness, but like she doesn't seem to like her that much. Yeah. Anyway, give um, it a listen. Let me know what you think. Yeah, let us um, know. Sorry to Lisa. We love have you. Have you noticed? I've noticed that about Laura Richards in general that she's just very straightforward okay, in her. She takes mannerisms. her job very seriously. And yeah. maybe that's it. I feel like they wouldn't do a podcast for so long if they didn't like each other or if one of Sometimes them had I a problem with the other. Like <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, Lisa, she's just fucking done you again. <laughs> I kind of want to do that now for us where we, we introduce ourselves as like, hi, I'm I'm Rachel. I'm an award-winning director and documentary you producer. I, I am. You are. You I are. went to the University of Wales Aberystwyth and I <laughs> well, how do you end that? And, I don't know. And here's and uh here's Talissa. Can't <laughs> <laughs> No now you introduce yourself with your accolades. I'm a, I'm, I'm Talissa Stevens. I've um graduated from the University of Winchester with a 2-2, which is a kind of an equivalent of a C if you if we're on an ABC kind of a, a thing. <laughs> no qualifications in crime whatsoever. Same. <laughs> anyway, let's crack on. Okay. So. And let's get into our story this week. Talissa, yeah. you're yes. first. Okay. So I'm going to tell you the story of... I'm still laughing that I've got a head like a fucking orange. <laughs> Um, I'm going to tell the story of Penelope Jackson. So this happened in lockdown. Oh, whoa. Lockdown point one, I think. So in England, we've had three. Yeah. The first one was when it it first came out in 2020. And that was like serious fucking lockdown. Couldn't go anywhere or see anyone. Memories. Second one. Yeah, God. Memories. (laughs) It was a shit and awful time. And then... Lockdown 2.0, which was like, you could have six people in your house. Mm-hmm. And then there was a firebreaker lockdown, I think, after Ooh. Christmas 2021. It was all awful, mm-hmm. um, especially for Penelope Jackson <laughs> and her husband, David. Um, okay. Penelope Jackson, 66, was a retired accountant. And she lived with her husband, David, who was a retired lieutenant colonel in the Royal Air Force. Wow. So that's pretty high up. Yeah. I, I could probably Google how high up that is, but I can't be fucked. Um, <laughs> and he was 12 years older than her. He was 78. Okay. Which is kind... I think that's kind of big at that point in your life. How long have they been together? Like 20-something years. Oh, okay. So, yeah. If they got together when she was 30 and he was 42 or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think that can be a, a big gap. What's the biggest gap that you would go? I'm 33. I probably wouldn't go out with anyone older than 42. Okay. What about you? I kind of feel the same. 
I mean, I whoever it go... is, it has to be younger than your dad. <laughs> yes. Like, that's a hard and fast rule. Right, but can, like, <laughs> can you think of, like, a really hot actor that is older and you'd be like, yes. Kurt Russell, um, I'd probably still give him one. Yeah, uh, he's, like, our dad's age. Brad Pitt. <laughs> Brad Pitt, yeah. Brad Pitt. How old's Brad Pitt now? He's like I think 50 he's something. like fifty. Yeah. Oh, I'm not willing to. I'm not willing to Google Lieutenant Colonel, but I'll Google the shit out of how old Brad Pitt is. <laughs> <laughs> he's fifty eight, so he is like a oh, year wh- younger than my dad. <laughs> Whoa! I did not know he was that old. <laughs> oh my god, he is so good looking. Okay, right. Just <laughs> got to stop thinking about that. That's weird. Yes. Right. Okay, shut that so, down. Shut that down. Yeah, 12 years older than her. So they lived in Parsonage Road in Barrow, Somerset. So I've looked it up, and Barrow is a lovely small um, seaside village, and it's Not a holiday area. Real, right? It's right on the coast. Really close to me. How do you know that? I have family that live in yes. Somerset, and that's near Bristol. Yeah, I might even go there because it's Ooh. so close and it looks mm. gorgeous. So the two had met at work when she was working as an admin assistant in the Royal Air Force. Okay. David had two two daughters and a son from his first marriage, which broke up when he had an affair with a woman named Sheila Taylor. Okay. He, and then he ended his marriage with Sheila so that he could marry Penny in 1996. Wow. So he's a bit of a like woman hopper. Yeah. He breaks up with somebody, then just goes out with the next person. So Penelope Jackson, who is break. the lady up. Take a break know, and dude. figure out Find your out. life. What's, what's Wash inside your own pads of you? for six months. Yeah. That's what I think. <laughs> They're like, nope. <laughs> Won't be doing that. <laughs> Won't be cooking my own dinner, not for two nights. No, um, not this guy. Yeah, they've both been married a few times. So, yeah. So in 1996, he married Penny. That was his third marriage. Okay. So... Shortly after he married Penny, his only son, Gavin, killed himself. Oh. Which is really horrible. And yeah. David's second wife, Sheila, who was obviously stepmom to Gavin. Mm-hmm. So this is a bit complicated, right? But Gavin was married to Sheila's niece. So okay. it's his stepmom's yeah. niece. So yes. it's not weird. They're not related by blood. No, no. Yeah. Um, He had killed himself after starting an affair while his wife was pregnant. Oh. And then his suicide note said he didn't want to be like his father. Wow. So that's a horrible, like... Yeah, that's definitely um, some trauma there. Stop, yeah, stop cheating on people. Everybody, please. So Penny had also been married before. So she married her first husband when she was 18. And she had two daughters with him. But too the young. marriage became way too young. My mum got married at 16. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> And she had two daughters with him, but the marriage became violent and she left him. Mm. She then married her second husband, who realised that he was gay. Okay. So they broke up. Okay. So then she remarried again. And her third husband, she had a daughter with him called Isabella. But when she had just had the baby, that husband committed suicide. Oh, wow. And he committed suicide because he found out that Penny was having an affair with David. So David became her fourth husband. Okay. So the affairs in this story already have caused two suicides, apparently. I already have a headache from... I know, right? ...trying to follow all this. Okay, well, are you still following, or do you need anything explained again? Oh, no. Yes. Yes. Okay. Two suicides. That's bad, though. Yeah, I was trying to explain it in, like, the least complicated way possible, but there just isn't one. No. So... 
You did a good yes. job. But yeah, Thanks. when there's two suicides in your surrounding your relationship, maybe you should take a step back and chill out and figure out what's in you. Think about who you're hurting when you're just yeah. like hopping about. Like right. people's hearts are getting broken left, right, and center. Yes. So basically this meant that as soon as Penny married David, she had Isabel as a baby. Okay. So to Isabel, David was like her father. Right. Because right. she knew him before. She she never remembered her real dad because mm-hmm. he killed himself. So Isabel, that he treated her like a daughter and they were like, she called him dad and as far as everyone as far as everyone is concerned david is their dad okay so david and penny seemed happy after their marriage in 1996 and the couple then lived in germany and france together because um david's in the raf so they're like going around air bases yep and then they retired to somerset which is lovely place to retire yeah seaside town okay so here's where things get shit so on the 13th of February, 2021, which happened to be Penny's birthday, mm. they had a family meal to celebrate, but they did it over Zoom. Okay. Because you couldn't go around anyone's house. Yep. So for everyone else concerned, that's what's happening. That same day, emergency services received a call from Penny, which lasted 18 minutes. Wow. In it, she told them that she had stabbed David... And that with any luck, he's bleeding to death in the kitchen. With any luck? Yep. Uh, you can hear the call and it is mad. What? She doesn't give a fuck. Oh right? my so gosh. Okay. Da- David was first, so he was first stabbed across the chest in the bedroom, like slashed. Okay. And then he was stabbed twice more by Penny in the kitchen while he was calling the police for help. Oh, and they could hear him on the phone screaming as he was being stabbed. Oh, no. Penny then picked up the phone um, and told the operator he's in the kitchen bleeding to death with any luck. Okay. Repeatedly admitting that she was the one who stabbed him and that she might go and do it again just to make sure <gasps> that he was dead. Oh, my. What? How and would you feel like, as the operator? So it's a young guy that's the phone operator, and he's like, "No, yeah. please don't go back in the house. Like, please just stay where you are. Yeah, um, we've got on people on their way." And she says on the phone, "I'm completely compassmentous." What does that mean? Um, it means like um, you're completely sound of mind. Is that like a military so, thing to say? I wonder. It's a Latin term. Yeah. Sometimes I say it like, "Is he completely compassmentous?" I think it's like an English thing. Like, is it okay i've never read yeah. that before it is it's just like it's just latin meaning complete of mind yeah i've just never heard anyone um, use that phrase yeah it's super super english phrase okay to say yeah i'm compass mentis. i'm gonna start um, saying that yeah you should <laughs> start it in america <laughs> yes um and then she refused to try and do cpr on him wow because okay. they said can you go back in and do cpr and she's like nope the 999 operator asked how many times she had stabbed him and Penny replied, I stabbed him once. Then he said I wouldn't do it again, so I did it twice more. <gasps> she also said she thought she had stabbed him through the heart, but added, well, he hasn't got one. Oh, she this woman is cold. She's chilling. She is chilling in the video. Wow. Um, 
so in this in this video you can just like literally google it um mm-hmm. there's footage of the police showing up to arrest her and they've got body cams on and in it she's asked to step outside and the police ask her where david is and she calmly replies in the kitchen okay and when she's being read her rights like you know you have the right to remain silent anything you do say she's told that she's being arrested for attempted murder okay and she says well hopefully not attempted <gasps> what did- and then she says it is crazy and then she calmly goes can i get my coat i have made it all and all she is concerned about is getting her coat she goes can i get my coat can i get my coat she knows she's getting in the police van you're about to go to prison for life at least think about that nope um so a police officer then says she's going to go in and check the victim while someone stays with penny the police officer then rushes out and says they need an ambulance to get cpr and Penny sounds so exasperated that her husband is alive and says, oh, God, no, please don't. Oh, I should have stabbed him a bit more. Stop talking, Penny. I know. Also, while the police are arresting you, when they say anything you may say will be used yeah. against you in evidence, they fucking mean it. <laughs> and it will be. Oh and my it is. Gosh. Um, while she's being handcuffed, she says, and she's been like put in the back of the van, she says to the police officer, I stabbed him because he's an aggressive, nasty bully and I've had enough. Okay. And she carries on talking to the police saying, I know what I've done and I know why I did it. And if I haven't done it properly, I'll be really annoyed. <sighs> Penny is at the end of her tether. How like, does the... Uh, I'm speechless. The police are really calm. They're really yeah. professional. Amazing. Considering how mental she is being, they take it really well. I'm just okay. thinking about the the operator, the police. I, I just feel like if I were in that situation, my my heart would be in my throat. Like I know, trying right? to keep calm, trying to be fast. A man is dying, and yeah. also trying to face this woman who. Is completely is... cold and heartless and... Like, well, I hope... Well, warn me not to get on Penny's bad side. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, fuck. Also being um, afraid of her, yeah. Yeah, like, she obviously doesn't give a fuck if she stabs someone. Right. Um, and then some more footage of her at the police station. So, you know, like, when they book you in at the police station. And yes. they're like, you're being charged with whatever and... um yeah. Uh, do you need any medication and how do you feel and da, right. da, that's like you want a lawyer what they say all that yeah 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 take all you take anything off you that you could hurt yourself with or other people mm-hmm. and when when she's there and she's being booked into the police station an officer tells her you are now being arrested for murder and she exclaims oh good <gasps> oh no it is the creepiest thing to watch wow it's so creepy. In the video, does she have blood on her? It's in black and white, so it's quite hard to see. Oh, okay. Uh, She might do. I'll watch it again and let you know. It's quite grainy video, so it's quite hard oh, to see. all right, um, okay. But she only stabbed him a total of three times, and I think on the first time she just slashed him. She didn't actually manage to stab him. I think he might have jumped back. Okay. So I think the two... She's... Anyway, you'll find out where she stabbed yeah. him, but okay. she okay. only managed she only stabbed him a total of three times. Okay. Um so it wasn't like a an absolute bloodbath. So in late October of twenty twenty one, Penny's trial started at Bristol Crown Court. 
She denied murder, but admitted to manslaughter under the grounds that during their 24 years of marriage, she had been the victim of mental and physical abuse and coercive control. This was confirmed by Isabel, her daughter, who said she recalls events when they were living in Germany. She said that David had forced Penny against a wall and given her a bloody nose and Mm. had also put a knife up to her in a separate incident. Okay. She also described a third occasion when her father got out of bed and told her to get a mug that she had gotten for her mum for Mother's Day out of its hiding place and smashed it in front of her. Mm. She also said her father would control her mother by saying which friends she could go out with and telling her what she could watch on television. That's tough. Yeah, they've obviously not had a great relationship. The court also heard in December 2020 that Penny had called the police when David smashed a glass door with a fire poker during an argument over the TV remote. Oh, we've all been so, there. Fuck me. Hiding <laughs> over the TV remote. Yeah. Lockdown was difficult. Oh, man. Um, so I can't imagine. I, I mean, she I... She must have been petrified. Yes, petrified. He's just smashed a whole fucking door with a, with a... And he's got an iron rod in his hand. Yeah, and just tired. If you're dealing with 24 years of that, mm-hmm. you're going to reach a point where well, you snap. you're just about to find out what broke her. Okay, all right. So Penny told the court that the night she killed David, they started arguing because she, this is so English, Mm -hmm. she cooked bubble and squeak (gasps) to go with the expensive lobster and crab meal that her daughter had bought over for the birthday meal. Okay. So basically, his problem is you shouldn't be cooking bubble and squeak with crab and lobster. Talissa, you're going to have to, you're going to have to explain what bubble and squeak is. It's for fucking brilliant. American <laughs> listeners. <laughs> so, bubble and squeak is what English people have on Boxing Day mm-hmm. at Christmas. I don't know why she's cooking it in February, but I mean, I'm not saying she's in the wrong, but I we mean, only ever a, have it, it once a year. I mean, you guys do. I feel like I've had it throughout the year. It's just like leftovers cooked together, right? Yeah. So, yeah. It, it's like leftover mash mm-hmm. cooked with all the leftover vegetables that you mm-hmm. had from a roast dinner yeah and you mash it all together and then you like fry it in a frying pan yeah until it's all crispy right and it's really delicious and then you have it with like pickles and like cold cuts yeah so it's really delicious such a british name for it it's so squeak yeah (laughs) and polite (laughs) i think it's because it bubbles and squeaks while you cook it yeah but yeah, apparently David was like pissed off that she cooked that on her own birthday. Yeah. On your own birthday, you can eat what you want. Yeah. Bubble and um, squeak is like a, it's like a comfort food as well. It's like mashed potatoes. I think it'd fried. go well with crab and lobster. I would love it on my birthday. Seriously. I yeah. would. I want comfort food on my birthday. With a bit of pickle. Yeah. Yes, please. And some lobster. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. That sounds amazing. Filling up with saliva. (laughs) I'm hungry. (laughs) Isabella, their daughter, called them on Skype, and she she basically recalled during she ended the call because her parents were arguing. Okay. Over the bubble and squeak situation, and who had forgotten to charge the computer? Oh, poor Isabel being in the middle of that constantly as well. Yeah, she sounds like she's had a shit time with them as parents who can't get on. Yeah. It was her mum's birthday, so she rang her back at 8.08pm to check that she was okay. And her mum said, I'm absolutely fine, don't worry, I'll call you in the morning. Okay. 
So her mum doesn't want her to worry, which is quite sweet, I think. Yeah. Then Penny went to the main bedroom carrying a kitchen knife and she told the jury that she had planned to use it for self-defence or later on in the night she considered suicide. Okay. So she said, it's really sad. And it's sad that she has to carry a knife into her own bedroom for self-defense. Right. And it sounds like she's in a dark place mentally. She's either thinking about defending herself or it's her birthday or she's thinking about suicide. She can't have been in a a great place mentally. She's just fucking lost it, basically. So yeah. Yeah, so she said that she'd gone to see David in another room, Mm -hmm. another bedroom, seeking an apology. When he refused to say sorry, she said, do you know that I want to kill myself? She said that he goaded her, suggesting that she just get on with it and called her pathetic. Mm. She said that's the moment that she lost it and thought, I cannot do this, it's not fair, and I lost control. She then slashed him across the chest in the bedroom and went downstairs to write a note of confession. He followed her down and the row continued. He then goaded her again, telling her that she wouldn't stab him again, so she stabbed him twice more. Oh, man. In the abdomen. She just snapped. That's what killed him, was the two stabs in the abdomen. Okay. So, on the flip side, for the defence, his prosecution. Yeah, so his daughter from his first marriage... Because he's got two daughters. He had two right. daughters and one son, and the son committed suicide. So right. he's still got two daughters. So Jane Cavalier, his daughter, claimed that Penny seemed to enjoy baiting people. She said, I always felt everything had to evolve around Penny. Sorry, revolve around Penny. She was a very larger-than-life character. She would enjoy making people feel uncomfortable. For mm. me, the defendant liked baiting people for fun and sport, and she liked to see my father uncomfortable. Other witnesses described Penny as outgoing and gregarious with a temper which was quick to flare up but soon passed. Okay. It It just sounds like a toxic relationship. Yeah. I mean, that describes her as pretty annoying, but not holding knives to people and smashing windows with fire pokers. Yeah. All the stuff that David has done. Right. Not saying he deserves to be murdered for that, but it seems like he was quite aggressive to her. Right. Yeah. So despite her lack of remorse, Penny did cry in court, telling the jury, I don't know what happened. I didn't want to kill him. I did it. I am sorry. I didn't want him to die. He loved me and I loved him. And it's awful what happened. Mm. Explaining to the jury how to come to a verdict, Judge Martin Picton said the defence rests on the issue of a lack of intent to kill and a loss of self-control. And they must consider whether a person in similar circumstances who possessed a normal degree of tolerance and self-restraint would have acted in the same way. No. I don't know that they would. No. (laughs) 24 years of a toxic relationship. You're both not well mentally. No. So the trial lasted two and a half weeks and a jury of eight women and four men deliberated for 10 hours before coming back with a guilty verdict of murder the judge gave her a life sentence with a minimum of 18 years after a 10 to 2 majority verdict. Wow. So there were two people that didn't even want to fucking convict her. I bet that was two of the women. <laughs> <laughs> bet you any money. <laughs> um, yeah. So the judge said when sentencing Penny, 
I have no doubt you intended to kill your husband and it was a premeditated murder. Your behaviour shows a shocking level of callousness. During the four days of giving evidence, I did not detect a shred of genuine remorse on your part for the crime that you have committed. And that is the story of Penelope Jackson. Wow. So that was very recently that she went off to prison. So she'll be in jail for quite a while. She's 66. So she's probably about 68 or 69 now. And she's in prison for 18 years. So she's going to die in prison. 100%. Wow. Hopefully Isabel's okay. She can get some therapy. I mean, when you hear about what he did to her before, it's easy to be like, oh, you know, it's just like there's women that snap and kill their husbands, but mm-hmm. all of her speech afterwards of like, I really yeah. fucking hope he's dead. Like yeah. I should have stabbed him more and stuff. Like yeah. when they say, whatever you say now will be used against you. Like that is a prime example of yes. that. Yeah. After you killed him, you were wishing you killed him more. It makes me think that she's been thinking about it for a while. That maybe it was a little yes. premeditated and that maybe she's sense. just been like fantasizing about killing her husband and now she's done it and she's Who like hasn't finally fantasized about <laughs> killing someone. <laughs> I don't think I have, Talissa. No, I'm sorry. Just me. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, Cut that out. Nah, listen. <laughs> wow, that's I had not heard of this case, and considering it was very recent, and that we are kind of in that world, was that something that you were following when it happened? <sighs> to be honest, there was so much fucking COVID stuff going on. Yeah, it kind of got buried. It was right near me, though. Like, yeah. it should have been on the Bristol news. I do remember, like, hearing, like, a woman stabbed her husband and da, 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 and thinking, like, God, this lockdown is sending people insane. Yeah. And there were, like, reports of, like, domestic violence going up and loads of couples split up. Like, what? Yeah. Like, my relationship broke up at the beginning of lockdown. It was difficult. It, like, it really separated the stayers and the non-lasters it really did (laughs) lockdown really brought out whether you were meant to be with someone or not it just brought out your true self i think and you had to face it if you haven't seen someone if you haven't seen someone at their worst yeah (laughs) see them in lockdown right it was painful but better for everyone i think it made you just face what you really who you really were (sighs) yeah like and what you needed Carly, in life. During lockdown, we didn't argue really at all. That's amazing. I know, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. In fact, we had quite a good time. We just watched loads of films, did loads of house projects, yeah. and we're just the old married couple that never <laughs> that have never that never are but are meant to be. Um you can notice me not saying anything. Yeah. <laughs> And I will not. So okay, let's enough. move on to my I'm story. I'm not asking you to. <laughs> no, I know. But I, I feel like if I were listening to a podcast and both of them were sharing how they were in their relationships, I'd be like, well, what about the other person? You're going to cut this out. I'm not going to cut it out. But I, I because <laughs> I I just want to say that I, I understand the uh, toughness of it. And yes. And we'll yeah. just leave it. It will leave that, that space open for whatever people. will will come. 
Yes. Okay. Um, so your okay. story. <laughs> so into my story. So actually, there's some weird similarities in my story. Really? Yeah. And I'm also going to warn people because this is a pretty gruesome story. Okay. Okay. My story this week is about Omema Ari, also known as Omema Nelson, later on. Okay. So she was born in Egypt in 1968, and she was raised in the city of Cairo. There isn't a lot known about her childhood other than what she has said about it, but several articles have cited that, according to her, she and her mother were abused by her father, and Mm. she was a possible victim of female genital mutilation, which I feel like is definitely going to mess with your head. Massively. Depending on the degree. Like, I I don't think any degree. Any of... degree is fucking not cool. Sometimes they remove everything. Yes. And sometimes they and just... So- oh, I don't want to talk about female genital mutilation, yeah, but like, very if unpleasant. you want to look it up, there's don't very, look very it varying up. degrees. Don't. <laughs> I mean, my Google history is already fucking yeah. fucked, so... <laughs> I- I'm already like hurting just thinking too much about it. Yep. Uh, so yeah, she was a, a possible victim of that, and her father was just very abusive. Uh, so much so that eventually her mother left, leaving Omema alone with her father, and no. they ended up moving to the slums of Cairo, otherwise known as the City of the Dead. Have you heard of this in Cairo? No. The City of the Dead. It's called that because shanties were built. In graveyards on top of the graves. So there's just these little shacks amongst the graves. And it's where really poor people go to live in Cairo. And it's called the City of the Dead. Not a great place to grow up. That's another thing that's going to mess with your head. I'm sleeping on top of dead people. Yeah, exactly. You open your door. It's a fresh new day. The sun is shining. You look down and there's a grave to remind you of your imminent death. Ugh. <laughs> uh, so not a great childhood. In 1986, when she was 18 years old, Omema met an American oil worker and the two started a relationship. Omema's mother was still around. She still talked to her, but obviously didn't live with them. She suggested that she should marry this man and move to America for a better life. She sounds like she's got a fucking head screwed on. A little bit, yeah. Although she left her daughter with the abusive father. An abusive father, yeah. So, you know, it it doesn't sound very... fantastic, is it? No, it doesn't sound very healthy. You know, she's still around. So she suggested that uh, Omema marry this American oil worker. So that's what she did. She married him and moved to the U.S. The marriage didn't last very long and Omema was left to take care of herself. So also I tried really hard to find out where in the U.S. she was, where she ended up. She eventually Mm -hmm. ends up in California. I just don't know where she was in these few years where she got married and came over where was she living yeah well it's really good that she got out of where she was even if it was just she got a visa yeah this is another story where this was the 90s the early 90s late 80s a lot of this was written with a mindset that is very misogynistic 
saying oh, what, that like she she's a gold digger. Yeah, that she used men and if you listen to what she did later on, she definitely is not right in the head, but it can lend to that thing where she's like she just married this man so that she could come to America and then there's a string of using men after that mm. for different things. So she split up from him. She took up nannying and cleaning jobs. And then she also found some modeling work. Talissa, she so was she's really beautiful. Pretty. She looks like Halle Berry, but wow. maybe more beautiful than Halle Berry. Wow. Imagine being more beautiful than Harry, Halle Berry. <laughs> Fuck. I can't imagine. I just simply can't. Yeah. So she's doing that. She's modeling. And then she also worked as a bartender. Several articles cited that she used this time to date men for money and cars. And that's kind of what I was saying, that articles were She's saying... She's a hard worker anyway. She was working and she had she a dysfunctional childhood, seeing her parents, being raised by an abusive father. She's probably not being attracted or attracting that great of men anyway. It's not like I she think, was just like, oh, I'm going to get myself a sugar daddy and sit on my ass all day. Like, no, she's yeah. fucking working a job. She's cleaning. She's right. bar working. Yeah. So she fell into a series of dysfunctional and abusive relationships, apparently at one point, And this is something that I couldn't really find too much on. But she threatened a lover with a shotgun before robbing and leaving him. In that okay. incident, that was in Huntington Beach, California. Omema had apparently tied her boyfriend up and she demanded money at gunpoint. So that is something that is mentioned later on. But I am really trying hard to, like with your story, it's like she had no, your woman had, what was her name? Penny. She had no remorse, it seemed, and things were building up over years and years. And I think that's yeah. the same with this woman. She, she doesn't sound like a nice woman because she's still like robbing men and using them but also mm -hmm. she didn't learn anything otherwise yeah so by 1991 24 year old omema moved to orange county in california uh if you don't know orange county is very nice it's uh very nice the oc the oc watch the oc and and uh that's what most people are like in orange county she worked as a bartender for a while, and then in September 1991, she met 56-year-old Bill Nelson. So who is Bill Nelson? Someone a lot less attractive than her, I'm guessing. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, he's 56. I mean, 24-year-old Halle Berry lookalike with a 56-year-old man already. Yeah. There's there's some not Come equal on, there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Bill is a big man at six foot four, and he's two hundred and thirty pounds. He has an even okay. bigger personality. He loved to flash his cash and drive around in his red Corvette. He sounds like he just loves life. He loves to show off. He was warm. He was funny. He was friendly. He wasn't a complete angel, though. At one point during his career as a pilot, again, mm. weird similarity with yours. Uh, yeah. He worked as a pilot. He was caught smuggling cannabis on his plane. Um, naughty Bill. Naughty Bill. He was also still married when he met Omema and he had a young daughter, although it sounds like that marriage was over. They just never bothered with actually legally ending it. I was going to ask you this, right? So in the UK, if you get divorced, yeah. you either have to wait two years of being separated and not living in the same house. Yeah. Or... 
you can say that they acted unreasonably so they cheated on you they beat you they robbed from you like something of that nature yeah or even like unreasonable behavior is like one of the reasons yeah so i've met loads of people who are like neither of us want to say that it was unreasonable behavior or whatever so we're just waiting two years Mm. like are the rules different for every state I think it's different state by state. Depends on where you got married, that you have to file divorce and and the rules there. I know that there's a rule of like five years. If you've been married less than five years, then it's cheaper to get divorced or something like that. Um, But I don't think that there is really a wait time like in the UK where you have to wait for two years. That seems weird. It is weird, but I think it's because they think you're going to change your mind. <laughs> it's so hopeful. It's, it stops people being like, that's it, I'm divorcing you. Unless they're like really unreasonable. Yeah. Yeah, but, so he's a pilot. So he's a pilot. He's separated from his wife. He has a teenage daughter from that uh, marriage. But he meets Omema. They began dating and they got serious very quickly. They were rumored to be engaged after only a few days of meeting each other. Well, she's just so beautiful. She Got is. Ring on it. Yeah. And he sounds like a fun guy. Yeah. <laughs> after only a few weeks together, they got married, with Bill taking Omema to Texas and Arkansas and Oklahoma on their honeymoon and to meet the rest of his family. So Easy, Pammy and Tommy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Have you started watching that? No, Carly's watched it all, apparently, in one go today. Apparently, it's amazing. Yeah. Is it good? Have you seen it? I don't know. A lot of people have been talking about it. Obviously, it's on my list to watch when I have time. It is. I remember it. I remember it happening. I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're talking about such kooky couples of the 90s, where it was like Pam and Tommy, Carmen Electra, and Dave Navarro. Oh, that is a hot uh, couple. <laughs> Angelina Jolie <laughs> and Billy Bob Thornton. What was going on in the 90s where it was just these like weird out there couples Eccentric. who just loved loved to... And everybody was setting up a video camera and then just <laughs> banging in front of it. Like, what yeah. are you doing? Oh, <laughs> and man. Then, like, transferring it onto a VHS. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that so much so work. much time and energy. <laughs> right. <laughs> what the hell? It's not like yeah, these days. Anyway. No. You just press record and press send and that's it. Um, yeah, that's... No, I will never be doing that. No. I do not ever want to see myself <laughs> from any other angle. Oh, <laughs> Naked man. than just my face. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, it sounds like Omema and Bill, maybe they were in this little 90s flaunting your marriage, let's be weird and get married after a few weeks. <laughs> Time. Two fucking seconds, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, here's where it starts to go downhill and things are disputed, And okay. but we'll, we'll see what Omema did. So it was nearing Thanksgiving in 1991. They've been together a few weeks. Happy newlyweds, apparently. Mm-hmm. Bill invited his daughter to celebrate with him and his new wife because it was Thanksgiving. It was a holiday. His daughter declined. She was around... 15 years old. Her name was Margaret. Mm -hmm. So the two newlyweds decided to spend it just the two of them together. Omema cooked a turkey dinner. November 28th, 1991. 
was the last time anyone saw the two together. Three days after Thanksgiving, on Sunday, December 1st, Omema rushed to an ex-boyfriend's house. Jose Esquivel, I hope I said that right, who she had dated about a year prior, she was in a panic. She told Jose that her husband had attacked and raped her and that she had been forced to kill him in self-defense as a result. Omema begged Jose to help her dispose of the body. She promised him $75,000 and two motorcycles in exchange for his help. Jose sounds oh like God. he had his head on his shoulder because he calmed her down and he told her to wait for him at her apartment. So she went back to her apartment where she said this all happened. And then once she okay. left, Jose called 911. Jose, you yeah. are so good. Well done, my friend. Sounds like he was maybe an okay guy. She trusted him enough for to go over there and tell him what happened, even though he was an ex-boyfriend of hers. And he mm -hmm. also ca called the cops on her. So he did good the job. Thing. Yeah, good job, Jose. Yeah. One good guy in this story. When police arrived at the couple's Costa Mesa apartment, what a scene they found, Talissa. And... I'm going to get straight into it. Skip ahead if you just ate and you are squeamish at all because oh, this is it's not be very nice. Yeah. So there were bags of organs in Bill's red Corvette. Uh. Trash bags filled with pieces of human in the house. There was blood on the bedroom mattress and uh, I'm sorry, a skinned human torso hanging from some clothes hangers in the bathroom. Fucking hell! Yeah, it gets worse. In the freezer, they found Bill's head wrapped in an aluminum foil, with his face having burns consistent with having been thrown in a vat of boiling oil. When Jesus! When investigators looked in the deep fryer... They found two human hands mixed among no. the turkey bits. Remember, it was Thanksgiving. Oh, God. I hate stuff like this. I'm sorry. Ugh. <laughs> Lastly, neighbors had told police that they had been hearing the garbage disposal grinding continuously all night over that weekend. Fuck me. Yeah. That takes a long time, all of that stuff to, that she had to do. How does she even know how to do that stuff? 24 years old. Surely you have to be trained to like skin an animal or like. Maybe she was. Maybe she had. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't want to know. But that's what she, she did. She just had a go and succeeded. That's <laughs> insane. So Omema at first said that the remains were from a person that Bill had killed and that he was actually on a business trip in Florida. That's what she was saying at first. And then when they found his head in the freezer, they were like, "Uh-huh. That's not true because his head is in the freezer. So he's obviously not on a business trip." So then That was a stupid plan. Yeah. <laughs> so then she claimed that she was acting in self-defense from Bill sexually assaulting her having first fought off Bill with scissors and then stabbing him and then beating him with a clothes iron. Self-defense is like, I shot you once, you stopped moving, I'm no longer in danger. Yeah. That's my defense, we're done. Run. 
You don't Shoot need to fuck with the corpse. Right. Exactly. So Omema was arrested on December 2nd, and her story continually changed as investigators questioned her. Sometimes she would say it was self-defense, and other times she claimed that an ancient Egyptian demon was whispering her to her to oh. dismember Bill's body. Psychiatrists were brought in for evaluation, and she told them, again, this is another gross part, she told them that she had cooked Bill's ribs and dipped them in barbecue sauce. She said, it's so sweet, and insisted that nothing was sweeter than the taste of her husband's flesh. Oh, that's actually given me the proper gip. Yeah. Uh, and this would also possibly account for when the coroner's office weighed the accumulated body parts during the autopsy, and they found that 80 pounds of Bill Nelson was missing. No. Yeah. So they're kind of saying, like, of everything they found, it's possible that she had eaten some of it. Oh, God. However, Omema later said that she was lying about cooking it in barbecue sauce. She also told psychiatrists that during the dismembering and possible cannibalism, she dressed up in a red hat, high-heeled shoes, and red lipstick as part of a ritual during the night-long dismemberment. So she's just nutso. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at the fact. I'm not laughing at the fact she's killed her husband and dismember him. I'm laughing at the fact. I can just imagine her someone walking in and just being like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, just messy lipstick on her face. A yeah, hat it's not on. even on straight. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then apparently, so the removal of the hands, that was like an Egyptian myth. So she wouldn't meet him in the afterlife, which is part of like an Egyptian belief, something to do with your hands. Okay. Almost a year later, Omema went to trial on December 10th, 1992. She pled not guilty to a charge of first-degree murder. During the trial, her defense team brought forward her psychiatrist, who testified during the trial that Omema Nelson was psychotic and suffered from post-traumatic stress disorder. They said that she had battered woman syndrome, that she was just not right in the head. Uh, that's kind of believable. Yes. Given what's happened. Yes. If anyone's insane, it's her. <laughs> exactly. Omema said that after their honeymoon traveling around the U.S., Bill began horrifically abusing her. At one point on their way back to California, Omema claimed Bill threw her cat out of the window of their car. On the night of the murder, she said that he handcuffed her to chairs and sexually abused her. She said he would become enraged if she refused his request for, in quotes, kinky, that's hard to say with my mouth thing, but kinky sex. No. <laughs> I'm glad it's hard to say for you. <laughs> <laughs> that involved bondage and would beat her, she testified. He said, I paid for you. I'm getting what I paid for. She recalled him screaming that at her. Omema said her husband raped and beat her several times, including once when she threatened to leave him. Omema's attorney asked the jury to disregard the victim's mutilation when considering the verdict because, in quotes, she was in a psychotic state at the time and she wasn't rational. So that was her defense. Also, in America, like, this is how um, Robert Durst got off, wasn't it? Because he 
said he killed someone in self-defense and even Mm -hmm. though he dismembered the corpse dismembering a corpse isn't a crime or wasn't a crime in texas she's in texas right no this is california oh okay so dependent on the laws in california that's how they got robert durst off is they said ignore the fact that he completely dismembered a corpse like that's not a crime right the crime is did he kill him in self-defense or not right so i wonder if at the time in california are they like dismembering a corpse is gross but it's not part of the charge here i suppose that would be a different charge because if you were part of this murder if someone else was around and they dismembered it there would be a crime against them even though Mm. she did the killing that didn't happen but yeah that makes sense if like somebody Mm. else came in if jose wasn't a good guy and ended up coming in and helping her yeah then he That's would have got charged for assistance Accessory in a after the fact. Yeah. So prosecution, on the other hand, claimed that Omema was most likely attempting to rob Bill that night, as she had done to several other boyfriends, and that things went awry. Prosecution attorney Randolph J. Palowski tried to prove in trial that the deep, bruised rings around both of Bill Nelson's ankles are evidence that he might have been in bondage during a sexual act, with the defendant the night that he was killed. So that was their prosecutions. Theory? That was their theory, and that's what they used, that she wasn't this battered victim. Uh, she had done this to several boyfriends where she had tied them up in like bondage, sex, kinky sex, and then mm-hmm. she would threaten them with a gun or a knife or whatever and then take their money. So they're saying that because she had done that before, that it's possible that that's what she was doing again and that it just went south very quickly. Fucking deep south. (laughs) Very south. I get what they're saying, though. Yeah. Omema watched without emotion as prosecutors presented pictures and allegations about the fate of Bill Nelson. She, She wasn't emotional at all. The Orange County Superior Court jury deliberated for six days before acquitting Omema of first-degree murder, concluding that there was insufficient evidence to prove the slaying was premeditated despite the extensive mutilation of the body, but the jury found her guilty of the lesser offense of second-degree murder. On February 26, 1993, Omema was sentenced to 28 years to life in prison for second-degree murder of Bill Nelson. You, ma'am, may fuck off. Yeah. I think that's pretty light considering, like, how it panned out. Yes. 28 years, though, that's a a good chunk of time. Yeah. But how old is she? She's, like, 24. Yeah, that's true. She could get out and still have a life if she is sorry. But I genuinely think she sounds fucking insane. Yes. I, f- I feel like in Canada, they would say she was insane. Because <laughs> Canadians are famously, like, lenient. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, well, we'll talk a little bit about that in a little bit. But okay. Omema also faced three other felony charges in an unrelated case that was tried simultaneously with the murder case. She was accused of tying up uh, her that ex-boyfriend that I talked about before, Robert Hansen and demanding Mm. money at gunpoint in November 1990 in Huntington Mm. Beach, California. So she was charged 
on top of that with assault with a deadly weapon, false imprisonment, and attempted robbery in that case. So that's yeah, just that's a side not, note there. Cool. Yeah. Not cool. She was sent to Central California Women's Facility in Chowkilla, California, which is about four hours drive north of Los Angeles. I think it's on the way to San Francisco. In October 2011, she applied for parole but was denied. The then 43-year-old Omema represented herself at the hearing and claimed that she was sorry for killing her husband. She asked his family for forgiveness, but she continued to insist that she acted in self-defense on Thanksgiving weekend 1991. She said, My life was in danger. If I didn't defend my life, I would have been dead. I'm sorry it happened, but I'm glad I lived. Well, the, anyone who defends themselves has a fool for an attorney. That's what they say, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I wonder if she was one of those people who was like, I'm too smart to have a lawyer. I can represent myself. No, you can't. Yeah. So she also said, I'm sorry I dismembered his body. I crossed the reality line. I saw the blood and I freaked out. I'm not here to justify what I did. I was temporarily insane. She told the parole board that she was grateful for the grace of God and her family, and if she was released, she would return to live with her mother in Egypt. Hmm. The two-person panel of the state's board of parole hearings sat for more than four hours at the Central California Women's Facility. During the hearing where they heard her, they also listened to a victim impact statement from Margaret Nelson, Bill Nelson's oh. daughter, who traveled from the Bay Area to oppose Amema Nelson's parole. Margaret said, I'm 35 and I haven't had a hug from my father in 20 years. I don't have the language to explain the pain of my father being brutally murdered and torn from us in such a horrific manner. She was a teenager when that happened. And the details are fucking horrible. Horrible. I can't imagine. You must having, have nightmares about that. Yeah, having to deal with that in so many different ways and it being in the news and you lose your father, just sad. Mm. Also, she was the she was invited to go spend Thanksgiving with him that weekend. So who knows what may have happened to her or if this might have not have happened at all because she would have been around. Oh my god, yeah, she could have been fucking skinned alive. Like Right. So the parole board rejected Amema's request for a parole as she, according to them, has never been remorseful has not taken the necessary steps towards a rehabilitation and remains a danger to others. Mm. Yes, she does. The commissioners... Um, yeah, I'd say yeah. that's pretty fair. Yeah. The commissioners also cited the heinous, atrocious, and cruel manner in which she killed her husband. They denied her parole for 15 years, the maximum allowable under law. She will next be eligible for parole in 2026. And that is the story of Amema Ari Nelson. Also, wow. Side note, she also got married in prison. Oh, only because you can't get at him with a knife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's always some chump that <laughs> wants to marry a murderer. Yeah. There's always. And yeah. Do you know what? <laughs> Again, annoys me that I've never been proposed to. <laughs> what do I need to do? Skin a man? <laughs> like, <laughs> Fuck. What do I gotta do? What am I gonna do to get some chump down on one knee? Yeah. Anyway, this isn't about me. This is about <laughs> this crazy lady. So, um, basically what I've learned from this episode is when women murder their husbands, 
They go in hard. Yes. Like they don't. They don't, they don't just strangle them out of anger or shoot them once and go, "Oh fuck!" Like yeah. They go all out, and they're not sorry. They're not sorry. Like hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. No, and I truly think like if you are pushed to such a point. Although she was only 24 years old, so she must have been through some shit throughout her life for her to be pushed to that point at that age. He was like a huge man as well. Yeah. She some, well, obviously the bruises on his ankles suggest that she had him tied up. Right. I think men would probably have their guard down and never believe that, because obviously like women are always on guard. Yeah. That a man could kill them at any point. Yeah. Because they can physically overpower them. Whereas, like, I think men, when they're around women in a house on their own, are like, what are you going to do? Yeah. He was six foot four. She was only just over five feet. She wasn't a big woman. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, I'm speechless. (laughs) That is one of the most cracker stories I've ever heard. Yeah. Crazy. Again, weird 90s couple. Kooky. Yeah. (laughs) well i think we've done this a bit like um backwards but do you have any tv um suggestions or podcast suggestions again i've been listening to what i recommended last week which is maintenance phase remember i talked about how (gasps) they do supersize me well i listened to an episode this week great episode it's about vibrators and the history of vibrators (laughs) i'll totally take a listen (laughs) and it's really good, but it's it's so interesting because back in the eighteen late eighteen hundreds when apparently the vibrator was first invented, doctors, male doctors believed that women couldn't have orgasms. And what they were actually going through was when a woman was like irritable or basically when a husband was annoyed by his wife. They said that the woman had hysteria and that she had to yeah. go to the doctor to get a forced, I mean, we would say it was an orgasm, but they would just say that the woman had to like go through this process in order for them to have these spasms and then they would be better. So that's what was happening in the 1800s about <sighs> men saying that women, and if they did have them, something was wrong with them. This is catch twenty two. Like yeah. if you throw a, if you throw a witch in the river and she sinks, she wasn't a witch, <laughs> right? So it's just an interesting episode, and I would definitely recommend the maintenance phase. If you don't want to veer too far from true crime, then they talk they touch a little bit on it. Yeah. Also, that is such a man's attitude. It's like just make yourself come, and it'll change your whole outlook on life, and you'll everything will be fine. <laughs> will it, or is that just what you think? Also, the rumor is that doctors were doing this with their hands and that they were their hands were cramping. So that's why the vibrator was invented, because they were like, I can't keep doing this. <laughs> Although that's disputed. He's like fingered 12 people a day and he's yeah. just done. <laughs> yeah. There's got to be a better way. Right. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, doctors cramping hands. Right. Um, how about you? Do you have anything? No. No, not after that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for listening. Uh, We will talk to you next week. We're coming up on 100 episodes soon. So thank you for listening this far. 
Again, check out our Patreon. Follow us on social media. Thanks. Give us five stars. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Transatlantic Crime this week. If you liked what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you'd like to follow us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at TransatCrimePod, Instagram at TransatlanticCrime, and on Facebook with Transatlantic Crime Podcast. Thanks. Bye. Ha <laughs> ha